Okay, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, welcome to Free Association. It's 3.30 on the 7th of July, 2022, and uh, today is the fall of Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson has resigned, I'm not sure if he's resigned as Prime Minister or as Tory party leader, but I saw the headline... I've been out and about, so I haven't had a chance to catch up on things, but I'm about to do that now with GB News, and then I'll find something from Sky. Right, let's try today's updates and go backwards from the current... Situation. This is Keir Starmer. Start off with from all the clips are from GB News on BitChute. For those who like, like to. Please go completely. None of this nonsense about clinging on for a few months. He's inflicted lies, fraud, and chaos in the country. And, you know, we're stuck with a with a government which isn't functioning in the middle of a cost of living crisis and all of those that have been propping him up should be utterly ashamed of themselves we've had 12 years of a stagnant economy 12 years of broken public services 12 years of empty promises enough is enough and the change we need is not a change at the top of the tory party it's much more fundamental than that we need a change of government and a fresh start for britain it doesn't look like he'll get a general election if he just swaps leaders. He needs to go. He can't cling on in this way. His own party have finally concluded that he's unfit to be prime minister. They can't now inflicting on the country for the next few months. It's obvious he's unfit to be prime minister. That's been blindingly obvious for a very, very long time. And if they don't get rid of him, then Labour will step up in the national interest and bring a vote of no confidence because we can't go on with this Prime Minister clinging on for months and months to come. Wouldn't that unite the Conservative Party? I don't think anything is going to unite this Conservative Party. They're tearing each other apart. And what we've got in the middle of a cost of living crisis is a government that can't function. And that's why I say he can't cling on now. They've declared him unfit to be Prime Minister. We can't inflict him on the country for the next few months. If they don't get rid of him, we will bring that vote of no confidence uh, in the national interest because we can't go on with this broken government led by this discredited Prime Minister. Boris Johnson, in some ways, was your biggest asset if you were going to go to the country. When you lose him, you will have more of a problem, won't you? Look, the Conservative Party has been in power for 12 years. 12 years of a stagnant economy. 12 years of broken public services, 12 years of empty promises. We need a fresh start. And that's why I say changing the person at the top of the Conservative Party is not the fundamental change that we need. We need a change of government. We need a fresh start for our country. But 
let's find out what the reaction on the ground is. Right, our regional reporters are out and about for us now. We've got Ellie Costello in Ramsgate, Kent, and Will Hollis in Sutton in Ashfield in Nottinghamshire. Uh, good morning, both. Um, Ellie, starting with you, the reaction down there in Kent this morning. Well, good morning to you both, and what an extraordinary morning in British politics. And we were here at the Royal Harbour in Ramsgate this morning when we heard that news that Prime Minister Boris Johnson will be resigning uh, as Conservative leader later on today. We're expecting that announcement around lunchtime. And this is a true blue seat. People here backed Boris Johnson and they backed Brexit. 61% voted leave in the EU referendum and it was under Boris Johnson's watch that Brexit was finally done. So speaking to people here this morning, they are big fans of Boris Johnson and are actually feeling very sad uh, to see him go this morning. But the sense on the ground is that they do feel as if it was the right time uh, for him to go. And Ramsgate where we are now is in uh, the South Thanet constituency. Um, it has been in Conservative hands since 1997 and in uh, the 2019 election actually won 56% uh, of the vote. So this is a blue area, uh, a very affluent area and uh, very, very uh, big fans of Boris Johnson, at least who we spoke to uh, this morning. Uh, the word integri integrity kept being raised with people that we spoke to this morning. Ultimately, people wanted to trust the Prime Minister and trust in what he says. And people were saying to me this morning, ultimately, they couldn't do that anymore. But one last thing that people did keep saying to me this morning, and that is what happens after that initial shock reaction that Boris Johnson is leaving is the fact that um, they're worried about the people of Ukraine and they're worried about the people in this country who are struggling through the cost of living crisis. And that's what they're worried about now. Who will succeed Boris Johnson and will they look after the Ukrainian people and indeed the people in this country who are struggling? OK, thank you, Ellie. It's fascinating, isn't it, when you hear um, people out and about and what it is that, uh, that they're concerned about. Will Hollis, uh, you're uh, out and about in Sutton in Ashfield in Nottinghamshire. What have people been saying to you this morning? Yeah, just like Ellie, I was here waiting uh, to report on what was expected um, from uh, the Prime Minister today. Many people didn't expect him to be resigning. Many people here in this red wall seat of Ashfield that turned to the Conservatives for the first time in a very long time in 2019, they don't want to see Boris Johnson go. Of course, there are still people who never wanted him in. There are still people who are really reluctant um, to say that it's time for him to go. But a lot of people are saying that they voted for Boris Johnson, not just the Conservatives, not just to get Brexit done, uh, not even for the local MP here. They voted for Boris. Uh, so I've been speaking to a few other people about how they do feel this morning here in the news. Well, it's done some good things and it's done some bad things. People don't see the good things it's done. Um, what will be, will be. My worry is who will take over from him. He's done a lot of good things, I think, uh, but... I can't cope with the lies that he's told. So I think it's time that he goes. I think that's appropriate. But who's going to take over? I've got one or two people in mind. I don't want to name them. It's not fair. But I've got one or two people in mind. One or two people I don't want. 
Yeah, well, lots of different views here today in Ashfield, and a lot of people are going to be looking at how they might vote next time, whether they even do vote Conservative, Labour at all, if they feel that maybe they've lost faith in the system. And in the last few days, I've tried to persuade my colleagues that it would be eccentric to change governments when we're delivering so much and when we have such a vast mandate and when we're actually only a handful of points behind in the polls, even in midterm after quite a few months of pretty relentless sledging and when the economic scene is so difficult domestically and internationally. And I regret uh, not to have been successful in those arguments. And of course, it's painful not to be able to see through so many ideas and, and projects myself. But as we've seen uh, at Westminster, uh, the herd instinct is powerful. When the herd moves, it moves. And my friends, in politics, no one is remotely indispensable. And our brilliant and Darwinian system will produce another leader equally committed to taking this country forward through tough times, not just helping families to get through it, but changing and improving the way we do things, cutting burdens on businesses and families, and yes, cutting taxes, because that is the way to generate the growth and the income we need to pay for great public services. And to that new leader, I say, whoever he or she may be, I say, I will give you as much support as I can. And to you, the British public, I know that there will be many people who are relieved and uh, perhaps quite a few who will also be disappointed and I want you to know how sad I am to be giving up the best job in the world. Conservative Party that there should be a new leader of that party and therefore a new Prime Minister. And I've agreed with Sir Graham Brady, the chairman of our backbench MPs, that the process of choosing that new leader should begin now. And the timetable will be announced next week. And I've today appointed a cabinet to serve, as I will, until a new leader is in place. So I want to say to the millions of people who voted for us in 2019, many of them voting Conservative for the first time. Thank you for that incredible mandate, the biggest Conservative majority since 1987, the biggest share of the vote since 1979. And of course, I'm immensely proud of the achievements of this government, from getting Brexit done to settling our relations uh, with the continent for over half a century, uh, reclaiming the power for this country to make its own laws in Parliament, getting us all through the pandemic, delivering the fastest vaccine rollout in Europe, the fastest exit from lockdown, and in the last few months, leading the West in standing up to Putin's aggression in Ukraine.
Conservative who resigned from the government last night is James Daly MP for Bury North, who joins us live now. James, thank you for your time. Just tell us, yesterday you said it became very clear that Boris Johnson was unable to lead our government. We're going to hear uh, from him. What do you want him to say? Well, I think that uh, if the Prime Minister, as we expect, is going to resign as leader of the Conservative Party, then he should resign as the Prime Minister as well, and the deputy should take over. But those are decisions for him. He has the, the power to do that. Uh, and as we've just been hearing, ministers are stepping up to fill those gaps in the Cabinet for the, the good of stable governance in the country. Very north, close to Manchester in the northwest there, very much a red wall seat. Of course, the red wall in the north and the midlands is where the next election will be fought and won or lost i think you'd agree james daly a lot of red wall voters they will feel duped having voted for the tories as a one-off perhaps lending their votes to your party in the about to be ex-prime minister's own words surely that's got to concern you and your conservative colleagues across the red wall well, Liam, I can tell you from a personal point of view that with a majority of 105, if I was worried about my majority, I'd be in a state of permanent nervous uh, wreck. Um, I think that the, the idea that I as an individual can speak for thousands of voters across the Red Wall is just nonsense. People have got to judge MPs and politicians of all kinds on the decisions they make, what they do for their areas. We get some things wrong. Hopefully we get a lot of things right. And, and hopefully people will judge us when we're delivering, because there are a lot of really positive things that the, the government led by this Prime Minister has done. In Bury, the, the two parliamentary seats in Bury have got over £200 million of investment in things like a, a new SEND school, uh, two levelling up front bids, uh, £8 to £9 million for a new skill centre in Bury. These are all really, really, really good things. But sadly, uh, I, it certainly is my view that Prime should step down now. We should have fresh leadership and go forward and continue to deliver our mandate. Obviously, I'm uh, not a fan of Boris Johnson or a lot of what he does, but uh, leveling, up, leveling up the North. Well, the Tories, Tories basically just feed their friends. So they feed their friends in the Southeast and to some extent the southwest. Uh, what what should have been happening all along is that the money should be divided throughout the country, but of course they just buy and vote basically. So they feed their friends. So leveling up is Boris Johnson's way of saying, we're not just gonna feed our friends, we want new friends. That's all he's saying. We want new and the Midlands or whatever. Conservative Party, that there should be a new leader of that party and therefore a new Prime Minister. And I've agreed with Sir Graham Brady, the chairman. All right, I've played that one already, so I'm not going to do it again. What else have we got? We've got Keir Starmer, which I've played. I think that's all of them. That's all of the clips that are on BitChute, at least, from GB News. Um... I think I'm going to leave it there. So, uh, that's 15 minutes worth. I think that's probably enough. Uh, just for that summary, there'll be another summary this evening, probably, when there's more 
material available. Obviously, Boris Johnson is a, a bit of a prat. Hello there. Thanks for coming in. Uh, welcome to the room. Uh, I'll see what else we've got. There might be some things on you on YouTube that are worth playing. I'll just have a quick look on there as well. There's, there's bound to be material. And the, the BBC and Sky News in particular. I was watching the BBC's coverage last night on uh, News 24 because they had it available on their the main BBC website, so it was being updated live. So this is the BBC's version of that resignation speech. Here we go. Well, here he is, Nick. Let's see what the Prime Minister has to say. Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon. It, thank you, thank you. It is clearly now the will of the Parliamentary Conservative Party that there should be a new leader of that party and therefore a new Prime Minister. And I've agreed with Sir Graham Brady, the chairman of our backbench MPs, that the process of choosing that new leader should begin now. And the timetable will be announced next week. And I've today appointed a cabinet to serve, as I will, until a new leader is in place. So I want to say to the millions of people who voted for us in 2019, many of them voting Conservative for the first time. Thank you for that incredible mandate, the biggest Conservative majority since 1987, the biggest share of the vote since 1979. And the reason I have fought so hard in the last few days to continue to deliver that mandate in person was not just because I wanted to do so, but because I felt it was my job, my duty, my obligation to you to continue to do what we promised in 2019. And of course, I'm immensely proud of the achievements of this government from getting Brexit done to settling our relations uh, with the continent for over half a century, uh, reclaiming the power for this country to make its own laws in Parliament, getting us all through the pandemic delivering the fastest vaccine rollout in Europe, the fastest exit from lockdown, and in the last few months, leading the West in standing up to Putin's aggression in Ukraine. And let me say now to the people of Ukraine that I know that we in the UK will continue to back your fight for freedom for as long as it takes. And at the same time, in this country, We've been pushing forward a vast programme of investment in infrastructure and skills and technology, the biggest in a century, because if I have one insight into human beings, it is the genius and talent and enthusiasm and imagination are evenly distributed throughout the population. But opportunity is not. And that's why we must keep levelling up, keep unleashing the potential of every part of the United Kingdom. And if we can do that in this country, we will be the most prosperous 
in Europe. And in the last few days, I've tried to persuade my colleagues that it would be eccentric to change governments when we're delivering so much and when we have such a vast mandate and when we're actually only a handful of points behind in the polls, even in midterm after quite a few months of pretty relentless sledging and when the economic scene is so difficult domestically and internationally. And I regret uh, not to have been successful in those arguments. And of course, it's painful not to be able to see through so many ideas and, and projects myself. But as we've seen uh, at Westminster, uh, the herd instinct is powerful. When the herd moves, it moves. And my friends, in politics, no one is remotely indispensable. And our brilliant and Darwinian system will produce another leader equally committed to taking this country forward through tough times, not just helping families to get through it, but changing and improving the way we do things, cutting burdens on businesses and families, and yes, cutting taxes, because that is the way to generate the growth and the income we need to pay for great public services. And to that new leader, I say, whoever he or she may be, I say, I will give you as much support as I can. And to you, the British public, I know that there will be many people who are relieved and uh, perhaps quite a few who will also be disappointed. And I want you to know how sad I am to be giving up the best job in the world. But them's the breaks. I want to thank Carrie and our children, all the members of my family who have had to put up with so much for so long. I want to thank the peerless British Civil Service for all the help and support that you have given our police, our emergency services, and of course... All right, that's about as much as I can stand of Boris Johnson, so I'm going to cut it short there. But we got the, we got the bulk of it. There's another, there's another couple of minutes of the speech, but uh, we've got the basis of it. So I'm going to call that, call that the end of the show for the time being. I'll be back later on, uh, probably celebrating... I'm going to go for a, a celebratory beer right now, and uh, I'll be probably be back about eight o'clock. I would imagine my time, uh, which is four hours time, and I'll I'll play some clips. It'll be the same clips probably, but uh, there'll be more of them. <laughs>